Amen. Thank you, Lord. Melissa does great, doesn't she? Kind of missed all this. Yeah. Missed all the help last week. But it turned out God's, God is on it, right? You know, God's on us, on us in our weakest places, in our weakest moments. So, so thank you, Lord. I just feel, uh, I'm like Melissa. I, I have a lot of hope in me about the future and about what God wants to do. Um, you know, there's a, I just believe that God really wants to impart that to all of us. And I believe, I believe what I have to share this morning, I, want, I pray that you would be able to receive it. Um, and, and really let it grab hold of your heart. Um, so I wanted to tell you just a, a little bit uh, of, this is sort of my perspective, just a moment of last year. Uh, you know, last year was the beginning of a new decade uh, on the Hebrew calendar. Uh, we had been in a decade um, from 2010 to 2019, which correlated to 5770, 57 to 5779 on the Hebrew calendar, okay, and that that decade was really about seeing, that was the, the, the when you look at the, and I don't know anything, okay, uh, but when you look at these uh, numbers, uh, seven, it, the symbol for, because the, in the Hebrew they have symbols, f- pictures for their numbers and for their words, so it's all kind of, you got to be you got to be way above me to understand all this. But I do know the sevens were, it was the eye, and it was about seeing. And, and I can tell you, for, for me personally, those years were uh, significant years of acceleration for me in the realm of being able to see into spirit, that, that, that the eyes of my understanding were being enlightened more and more. That's Ephesians one seventeen, And it really was very impact, impactful for me. Uh, and I have looked at all the decades prior since I've been alive, and if you would pay attention, you would actually see that there is a correlation f- to what actually was taking place in, in the world, in the church, during those times. So it really had my attention uh, last year when we came into a new decade uh, in, in the, to the 80s, and those... Uh, the 80s, the symbol for eight would be the mouth, the, the speaking. And that's really where we're at in the world today, I believe, is that it's not that we quit seeing in the Spirit and quit cultivating, pursuing that, but there's a, a shift in the heart of God where He brings a more of an emphasis. Uh, and so there's an emphasis on, uh, on speech, on communication, uh, that God wants to bring into the world. And, and, and last year was really a year where I felt there was a lot of exposure of, of speech that was not true. It really was. And see, this is all part of what God is doing in the earth today. It's part of us learning how to discern the voice of the Lord and speak that. And, and I, so I think we, we're in a time, and, and, and this is a t- over a 10-year period, so none of this is going to happen instantly. It's, it, so we're in this second year of that. Um, I wanted to read this verse that I f- has been meaningful to me for looking at last year. And it's of James 1, uh, 19 through 20. It says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, 
you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, isn't that an amazing verse looking back on last year with uh, just even in the world, but also here James was speaking to the church because he's called us dear brothers and sisters. And, you know, with all the divisiveness, all the disagreements, all the things that we saw that were, that were hurtful, uh, you know, and, and we can't be down on ourselves for our, for our failures but what we can do, we can realize that this is a, that God is calling us. God has given us an opportunity. I believe from the bottom of my heart, I believe He's given us an opportunity in this time to really become something greater in the terms of our speech. I wanted to read another scripture that's really so beautiful. Uh, is First Corinthians thirteen eleven. Uh, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. You see, what we're talking about, we're talking about growing up and becoming mature sons and daughters where we can begin to speak the word of the Lord and represent God properly and represent God the way God wants to be represented and, and become His spokesman in the earth. God really is looking for people who have a heart, who have a desire to give, give themselves to become a representative of Him, and to become like an ambassador of Christ and bear to speak the word of the Lord uh, with power and with much assurance. You know, I think often about uh, in the Old Testament in, in Joshua 6, uh, you know, that, was, that gives us the story of the battle of Jericho. And we all know it's a famous story, and probably most of us, if you haven't already, you should do it at least once in your life, is march around something, march around a government building, you know, and, and pray, and, and there's something to that. But what Joshua did, he commanded them, do not speak, do not speak until you're commanded to. And then on the seventh day, they shouted, and the walls fell. Why did he tell them not to speak? Because words have power. And Joshua knew that if they got to talking, if they got to speaking, they were going to mess up the plan of God. Same thing. Here we shift over to the New Testament. We have, uh, we have the, the father of John the Baptist, Zechariah, goes in and has this encounter with his angel, okay, Gabriel, and uh, because he didn't believe, Gabriel said, you're not going to speak. He, he was muted. He was actually muted because, because Gabriel knew, God knew, that he was apt to destroy things with his words. And it was a critical moment in the history of mankind. And God was not going to allow some guy that his words would begin to destroy. And he was actually able to speak again when he came into full agreement with what... Uh, Gabriel had communicated, and he was able to speak and begin to prophesy. That's such a beautiful picture to me, is that there is a time for us to be quiet in our process of learning how to speak the word of the Lord. There really is a time that we should, we should refrain from speaking so quickly. And I, I think that's one of the things that I've been learning um, for a long time. <laughs> I can tell you that. But, uh, you know, last year... Uh, again, I'm in, I'm in the review mode here. Uh, last year was probably the most challenging year in terms of, of preaching for me ever. And, and because I knew and because I sensed in my heart that God was, re, re, was requiring more 
from me and that God was requiring more from my speech. I mean, honestly, I didn't, I didn't succeed always. And I said, I've, I know I said things I should have never said, you know, but I knew it was a struggle because you can't just get out and you can't just, we were past the point of getting out and just preaching what we want to preach, saying what we want to say, throwing our opinions out there. We're, we're moving past that. If we're going to become those mature sons, we've got to begin to put away all of that and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to really get a grip on our tongues. Um, I'll tell you one more little thing. And, and you know, James chapter 3 is like the classic uh, scriptures on uh, the tongue. And it really, the, the first verse talks about teachers. It talks about don't, you know, don't let there be many teachers because you're going to instill a stricter judgment. That's a serious scripture. But it, it goes on and talks about the power of the tongue, how the tongue can direct your life and how it can cause, cause division. It can cause great fires uh, the, all these pictures that James gives us, but it says something very interesting in verse 8. It says, no man can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue. And I remember years ago, Bob Jones saying to me, Byron, you know, the Lord wants to put his bridle on your mouth. He wants to put your, his bridle. Because it talks about in James about we put a bridle on horses and we can direct them. God has something. He wants, to, he wants to use you, but your mouth needs to be bridled. So I asked the Lord, Lord, bridle my mouth. I received that. Well, uh, I happened to be at church one Sunday, and there was a person in the church. We were out there in the foyer, and we were having this casual conversation. That's all it was, just a casual little conversation. You know, and then we, I went on about my business. The next day, I'm driving down the road. I get a call from this person, and that person lit into me like wildfire about something I said to them. And like at first, I was like, wait a minute. You have taken me completely wrong. I did not. That is not what I meant. That's not, and in the middle of saying that to him, I heard this little voice into my head, but you said. And then, right then I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew he was saying, put that bridle on your mouth and be quiet. Learn to be quiet. So I just said, oh, I'm so sorry. And just... Just, I was quiet after that <laughs> and began to listen to that person. You know, that person for years after that would admonish me on a regular basis about stuff I preached. I mean, seriously, and for years they would call me out on stuff uh, and question me about stuff. And every time I just knew, take it. And even though I disagree with a lot of what they were saying, I, I, some of the stuff they said was just not right. But I knew the Lord was saying, you need to be quiet. It's a time to be quiet. Because God wants to have control of our tongues. And that's what we're learning now. We're learning things now. We're learning. All of us need to give ourselves to, to that. And I really, really implore you today, in the name of the Lord, if you want to be a part of what God is going to be doing, part of that has to do with your communication. Part of that has to do with your speech. That was last year. I hope... Somebody's hearing this. So now we're moving into this year, 5781. So we're, we're adding that one on, and that word is Aleph, A-L-E-P-H, is one in the Hebrew. It's probably not pronounced like that, but that's... And it's... I'm not into pronunciations. In fact, I think I pronounce well. Everybody else don't, right? <laughs> I remember one time going to Wisconsin, and I was the hit up there. Everybody wanted to talk to me. And I thought, wow, I'm such a likable guy. And then I realized, no, they want to hear how you talk because you don't talk right. 
And I said, what? You have an accent. What accent? I don't have an accent. Y'all got the accent. People in Wisconsin really talk well, by the way. <laughs> they really do, real clear. But uh, so it's represented by the oxen. Okay, one means unity. Okay, this is really important. This is probably the most important thing there is. is it speaks of our union with Christ. And so we're, we're adding to our speech, we're adding, we're going to take advantage of what we already have. We're taking advantage of Ephesians 2.13 that says, We who were once far have been brought near. We've been brought near. We, we're near. We don't, we're not trying to get near to God. This is not about trying to get near to God because the blood has put us there and the blood keeps us there. It, the blood has brought us into this unity, this oneness with God. But what we want, and I've said this many times, I live in the same house with a woman. I, I've lived with her for a long time. I've slept with her a long time. But I can, we can grow apart in our relationship. There's things about Becky that I have, I'm still learning to this day, knowing her in different ways. And so we're at a time where we can begin to have an intimacy with the Lord and know the Lord like we've never known Him before. God wants to reveal stuff about Himself to you and I that He's never revealed. This is a year for that. This is a year to get to know the Lord Jesus, to get to know King Jesus and have intimacy with Him and really connect with Him like you've never connected with Him, have a vital relationship with Him. I believe that with all my heart, and I believe that's something we really need to be, we have to be intentional about this, and we have to cultivate these things. And so I think that's, that's really important that we're adding that, because that's going to really be the thing that's going to fuel our speech as we, go, as we go forward, as that intimacy, that connection, where we're so in tune. We're like John the, John the Apostle at the last hour had his head on the breast of Jesus, which, you know, as, as someone said, that had to be kind of awkward. You know? Okay, we're trying to eat. This dude's laying on me, you know. How can you eat? You, you're laying. I mean, have you ever thought about how awkward that really would be? That would be weird. You know, another guy laying on you. I remember the first time I went to China. These Chinese guys, these teenage guys, or early 20 guys, sat, literally wanting to sit in my lap. I'm thinking, what the heck is wrong with y'all? Their, their personal space thing there is different from ours. But they just come and get right next up to you, and you're like, oh, my gosh. These are guys doing this, man. I mean, you know. If it was girls, you could politely get up. because, Well, my wife don't like this, and you know. But guys, like, ugh. You know, so it's different there. But, um, you know, it's just that God wants to, he wants to get us in tune with his heart where we're hearing the heart of God. And, and there's so much competition. Listen, that picture of John, there's so much competition for our ear. There's so much competition for our eyes. There's so much out there that's competing. There's so many voices that are competing that are screaming at us and yelling at us. And, and what we had to do is we have to get away from those voices. We have to, to dial those voices out and, and dial our hearts towards God and begin to hear His heartbeat because He is looking for people. He's looking for people. Who are willing to do this? I'm telling. That's why I said at the beginning. I hope you can receive this. He is absolutely searching for people who are willing to put their head on his chest, who are willing to dial into his heart and begin to have an intimacy with him and begin to hear him and hear what's important. You know, Becky has mentioned that song we sang years ago earlier this week about Lord, break my heart for the things that break yours. 
Lord, I don't want to be brokenhearted about everything that you're not brokenhearted about. I want to be brokenhearted about what breaks your heart. I want to rejoice what rejoices your heart. That's the thing, you know, that's really going to give us a lot of power. So that's the oneness with Christ, the union with Christ. It's a, it's a great privilege that we have. And what the Holy Spirit is doing is inviting you this year to really go after that, to really cultivate that. That's, that's really what it is, to take advantage of your privileged position seated with Christ in the heavenly places. So we're also adding this oxen, this oxen business uh, you know, because that's the symbol for one is the oxen. And I think I'm just totally fascinated about the oxen. Uh, I have been for a long time because in the Scriptures, an oxen represents service, power, and humility. Service, power, and humility. Let me show you some things the Bible says about oxen. I'm shifting a little bit now. And what I believe God wants to do is He wants to bring forth the nature of the oxen in the body of Christ. This is part of what He wants to do this year. And so here's some things the Bible talks about oxen. Number one, oxen in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, were used as sacrifices to the Lord. They were used as sacrifice. That's a big word, sacrifice. That's probably not a popular word in Christianity. Let me read uh, Romans 12.1 and just tell you this about sacrifice. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies... To God because of all he has done for you. He, he said bodies there. I, I want us to get that body. Give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. That's talking about your body. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Isn't that amazing? And so what... what uh, now I'm going to just give you a, a tinge, a little picture here. Because this is a big deal. You would have to go back, if you really want to get deep into this, go back and read Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, and it will bring clarity in this whole thing about our bodies and about our bodies being a sacrifice and presenting our bodies. But basically, uh, what it teaches us is that we have to stop allowing the old sinful nature to reign as king in our mortal bodies. The old way of thinking, the old way of dealing, that's what, that's what Romans teaches a lot about. We had to stop letting it be the king and let Jesus be the king. We had to surrender our bodies. We had to surrender. Our bodies have passions, right? I mean, come on. We're hungry. We're thirsty. We, have, we want sex, okay? We want the lust of our eyes. There's all these things that our, 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 our flesh craves. And, and, it's, and what, the, what Paul was saying here in, in Romans 12 is, is we surrender... We surrender those desires. We surrender those things to King Jesus and allow the resurrection power of Jesus. That's how we overcome these things. We allow the resurrection power to come forth in our flesh, and that's how we are able to overcome lust. That's how we're able to overcome sinful things that, that are... And so we're in, a, we're in a year. We are in a year guys, where God really wants to free us from some things. He wants to free people of stuff that has plagued them since they were children, since they were little boys and little girls. 
some, there's been people who've been sexually molested, emotionally abused. Uh, you name it, this whole spectrum. But we're in a time where, where God is going to break those things in our life. He is going to teach us how to tap in to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that lives in us that's alive in us, and that's going to become the thing that rules. It's a time for us to come to a place of surrender. And I know that's not popular in Christianity, but who cares what's popular? I'm not into being popular. I'm into being what does the Word of the Lord say, and that's what I'm going for because that's my only thing. So I just wanted to, I'm, I know that's a, I'm, uh, that's a massive subject, but I want to move on to the other thing it says uh, that I, is oxen in, in the scripture oxen were used in the harvest they were actually used to plow the fields they were actually used when they began to harvest the harvest when they began to gather the harvest to transport it and they were actually used to they you know don't let the you know don't muzzle the oxen that treads they actually used the, the oxen to tread so so what, what God is doing, you know, the Bible says that, that pray that the Lord of harvest would send laborers into the harvest, to his harvest. We're, I believe we're, there's going to be a mighty move. There's going to be a harvest that's going to happen. All this stuff that's happened to us, all this bad stuff is creating something. It's, it's, God is going to use it. And there's going to be a hunger that's going to come upon the world. There's going to be a hunger like there were back in the, in the Jesus movement day where God began to move over young people. And we were, we were young people then. Becky and I, we were young and God began to move over us and our friends. And there was a hunger for God. There was a desire for God that was given to humanity, the gift. And so many people were saved at that time. That's when we were saved. We were just, we were just, it's like God threw the net out and drew us into the kingdom. And so God is going to do that again. There's going to be a harvest. And we're in a time where God is calling out to our hearts and asking us, would we be laborers? Would we begin to care? That's one of the things on his heart when you put your ear up to his heart is that. Is would, and he's asking us, would you be willing to be one of my laborers? And all he's asking you to do is just say yes. Or you can say no. He's not asking you to do anything necessarily. You get your yes down and then God begins to add what that looks like for you. Because what it's going to look like for me is going to be a little different from what it's going to look like for each one of us. And, and it'll be expressed in different, uh, you know, parts of life. So that's really important. It's really important. I do believe, I want to say this, I believe, personally speaking, I was born for this time. I really believe that. I believe there's going to be something that's historic going to happen. Not only in our government, I believe there's something going to historic that's going to happen in the United States government. I really believe that. You know, and I pray that it's God's history, making history for us. But I do believe there's something spiritual. I believe there's going to be something. And I have said, Lord, this is what I was created for. I am not going to miss it. And I just pray that God put that hunger in your heart. I feel like everything I've gone through in my life has brought me to this point, has been a preparation. And I believe that for, this, for many of you. I really do. Woo, yes, Lord. Hallelujah for that, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The next thing I want to say, oxen are very powerful animals. Very powerful. Let me, I'm going to read Revelations 4, 6 through 7. Well, I would ask you if you was okay, but I can't hear. And I'm just going to trust you are. These guys are okay. And I'm glad I got some people here with me this week. It was sad last week. It was sad for me. 
Uh, it was really good last week. God showed up. As long as God shows up, I'm happy. I, I'm serious. It doesn't have to be any other way. If he's here, I'm here and happy. If he don't show up, I don't care what you got. You can have all the money in the world stacked up across the front and you can have it. But if God doesn't show up, I don't, hey, I'm, I'm going to go find where God's at. But anyways, in front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes. Weird, right? These things are weird. These are some weird things up there in heaven. Covered with eyes, front and back. Can you imagine seeing something like, whoa, baby. <laughs> That's why people get fearful when angels show up because sometimes they don't look, look like people. They do look like people. They take on a human appearance. We know that. But there's times when they don't. And that's scary. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. So this is the same thing that Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel 1.10. Is these, and these have been attributed to like the four faces of God. That God has these faces. Christ has these faces. And you can see that in the gospel. This is such a beautiful... I love this. Okay, I love this to death. The four faces of Christ, the four Gospels, uh, Matthew, uh, Jesus is king, spoken to the Jews and proven who he was as king. Uh, Mark, Jesus is a ser- the servant all. Mark has the least amount of Jesus' teachings and words in it of any of the Gospels and has the most of his miraculous power. Oxen. Keep that thought. Luke. The face of a man, that's where Jesus was the son of man, his birth, his life, and lots of details about his humanity. And Luke, the face of a man. And then, of course, John the eagle, the, the, the son of God, the word of God, the soaring prophetic person that he was, the heart of God being revealed in the gospel of John. So when you sit down, just as a side note, when you sit down to read any of the gospels, put that in your mind. We're reading the Gospel of Matthew. Hey, that's what Matthew was wanting to convey, that Jesus is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. So when we begin to read it like that, with that in our mind, we begin to see things we couldn't see before. We begin to understand things and so on. So, so, but here we are in a year of the oxen. Here we are in a year where God really wants to begin to demonstrate His power. Paul the Apostle, this is what he said in 1 Thessalonians 1, 5. He said, My gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power, in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance. Okay, and that's really where God wants to take the church. That's why he said, I'm teaching you how to speak. I'm teaching you how to be quiet so you can get the power of God. You can get the assurance of God. You can get the Holy Spirit on your words. It's not just to be quiet and let, let the world go to hell in a handbasket. No, it's to get the power of God, the assurance of God, and the Holy Spirit. When you do speak, the Lord can be released into a situation. We have seen it over the years at different times when we invite the Holy Spirit into a situation. Holy Spirit, we invite you into the situation and we see him move. We see him do things. And those are just little seeds of what God really wants to do. And I believe this year God is really calling us into this. And we have got to go after it. We must go after it. Because this is the heart of God. This is what God wants to do in this amazing years. Whoo, Lord help. I hope you're believing this. this. So think about the Gospel of Mark. Not much said 
of Jesus' word, but a lot, a lot of miracles, a lot. Mark was trying to show the power of Jesus because Mark was primarily talking to Romans. And in those days, Romans' words didn't mean anything to Romans, but power did. And so that's why he really went after that. And, of course, he got his gospel from, from Peter who understood the power of God very well. Ooh, thank you, Lord. We really need to ask the Lord for his power, y'all. We really do. We've got to get the power on our words. We really do. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to, he wants to, to give us right communication, but he, and He wants to give us intimacy, and He wants to give us this power. I just love that first Thessalonians 1 5 because He said, He said, not words only, the gospel not in word only, but in power, one, in the Holy Spirit, two, and in much assurance. Wow, there's an assurance that's going to come from the Lord for people. He is going to assure you of some things. And man, it's, it's great when you feel assured of something from the Lord. Well, here's the one everybody's going to love. We love the power, right? But oxen are very humble animals, okay? They are not, no, they're beasts of burdens. They're not beautiful. Have you ever seen a church or a ministry that their emblem was an ox? You've never seen it before. I promise you, I've looked for them. They're not out there. Of course, we have the eagle, many, you know, the eagle, the eagle's nest ministry, you know, Morningstar, their symbol's an eagle. You know, many churches have a lion, you know, the lion of the Judah, the roaring lion. We've even seen churches with like the, you know, the lamb, the beautiful, precious lamb of God and all these emblems. But have you seen him? Have you seen an oxen? Have you? No, nobody wants to be an ox. We, that's humility. That's brokenness. But I'll tell you what, y'all. This is going to be important for us going forward. It's humility. I tell you, the Bible's clear. God resists the proud. And God wants to break pride out of the church. Listen, He wants to break your opinion. I'm sorry to say that your opinion doesn't really count anymore. It doesn't. My opinion doesn't count. But God's opinion does. And he wants us to humble ourselves to receive his thoughts about things. The childish, was it? we don't want to reason anymore like a child. We don't want to think like a child anymore or speak. We want, to, we want to think and reason and speak like God speaks as mature sons and mature daughters of God. And we have that. I'll tell you, it's within our reach. Uh, you know, I just want to say that oxen are not cool, uh, okay, you know, Christianity in America, you know, it, has, it seems like it's, it really wants to be cool, you know, and seems like it really wants to be acceptable and the end thing and destination. There's even a thing called a destination church. Like, what? Where have, have we fallen that far? You know, we don't need that. We need the power of God. We need to humble ourselves. And I think as we do, God will raise us up as He promised. I really do. I'm, I'm sorry I'm having to tell you that. I know you would love to, to uh, not have to humble yourself. Uh, I was told as a young Christian, uh, if you'll do your job, God will do His. And I, Well, what's my job? Your job is to humble yourself. God's job is to lift you up. But if you try to do jo- God's job by lifting yourself up, God will do your job by humiliating you. I was told that by Arthur Burke. <laughs> I was a young Christian. I feel like I feel like my mama had just taken out a switch and switched my legs when he told me that. Because obviously he was seeing that I was trying to, to be something and he wanted to let me know, yeah, don't do that. Let God make you something. And God will do that for you if you will humble yourself. Well, I wanted to um, bring this to a conclusion. 
by talking about this one last verse. Uh, I could not talk about this verse. It's Proverbs 14.4. This is what it says. Where no ox, oxen are, the trough is clean. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Much See, there's a scene in having an ox. There's increase in having an ox. In those days, you could have a clean barn. The, the, I mean, spick and span clean. Everything in order. But there would be no oxen there. And you would have no increase in your life. Okay? And I've told people this over and over when it comes to God. There's really two, what I consider two messes in life. Okay? Two messes. There's the mess of humanity. Okay? But the mess of humanity can be like a barn that's clean, in order. One time a guy said to me, Byron, I'm looking for my church to have its ducks in a row. I need that for my church to have its ducks in a row. Everything needs to be in order. I said, man, find another church. Because I'm the pastor of this church and I don't have my ducks in a row. And I'm not looking to get my ducks in a row. I'm not looking for that order. Because there's not fruit in it. There's no increase in it. But the, but the Lord, when the Lord comes, when the Holy Spirit shows up, I promise you it's very messy. And part of the leadership job is really, this is part of our job, is go behind the Holy Spirit and clean up His messes for Him. It really is. It's the, but you know what I discovered about the Holy Spirit's messes? There's a lot of fruit in it. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for fruit. I'm looking to see God change our lives and, you know, transform people and heal people and deliver them from, from satanic bondages, from immorality and, you know, a drug addiction, you name it. All those things that are plaguing humanity and destroying humanity, little by little by little, just destroying them. The devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and we see it before our very eyes. And, and, and thank God I was on that track, uh, and God got me out of it. And I know that God's called me to get others out of it. I know he has it, but we need the oxen. We need that anointing of the oxen. And I believe that God's going to do it. Listen, I think there's some judgment coming this year on some things. I really do. I think God's going to judge some things. Uh, and so I think we'll see. Well, we'll see the hand of God judging, judging some stuff. Um, and there's a lot, really, of things that the Lord has been speaking to me over the past couple of months on them, just about me. You know, and and things he wants for me, and things he wants for this church. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm in the like, let's go. Let's. I'm not. I don't want to be in the back off mode. I want to be in the press in mode and get what God wants. So here's what I want to do now. I want to pray a blessing over you. I know Corey played prayed a blessing over you earlier, and I didn't give this to to Denise to put up on the. But there's a psalm in the Bible that's very powerful uh, to me right now is Psalm 144. Uh, many of you know, would know it. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2 just to, so you can hear it. Uh, it says, Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skills for battle. Isn't that beautiful? That's what God's doing. That's what God's doing. He's using all this stuff going on in the world. He's preparing us. He's training us. Okay, God's going to raise up a mighty army. I really believe that. And I feel like as one uh, pastor on the West Coast who has been beat, to fu- I mean, nobody, he's not a known pastor, but he has been beat senseless this year. He says, I'll tell you one thing, the church in 2021 is going to be a lot tougher than it was in 2020. 
And I believe that. I think we're going to be a lot tougher and a lot more able to deal with, with these situations as we're learning. We're lear- we've had to learn a lot and try to figure out some things that we've learned. Then, and then Paul says this, or David says this, He is my loving ally and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. See, that's, that's who God is for us, and if we would allow Him to be that. He is my shield, and I take refuge in Him. This is verse 2 of Psalm 144. He makes the nations submit to me. God is going to submit some things. He really is. And see, each of us have an a, a, a area of influence. And God is going to cause that air. We, we, he's going to make it submit. And, and what does that mean? That means the kingdom coming into those places. And He wants to use us. But, but I'm going to jump down now to the... That's just sort of the introduction. And, and then down in verse 11... Uh, David says, save me, rescue me from the power of my enemies. Isn't that a beautiful prayer to pray this year? Rescue me from the power of my enemies. Listen, their mouths are full of lies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. That's what's happening. (laughs) The airwaves are full of lies. They really are. And David was praying here that we would be rescued from that. We'd be rescued from the power of the lie, okay? And I, wanna, I want to see people, listen, I don't agree with living in fear, okay? I agree with being wise and being smart and take vitamins, you know, to be healthy. But I don't agree with living in fear over COVID. I'm just going to tell you that now. I just feel like that is not God. I believe we should be wise and take care of our bodies and I'm into working out and you know, having good health, you know, doing what I'm supposed to, yeah, eating really good food, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of hamburgers and French fries, <laughs> you know, if you want to know where to get good French fries, I can tell you, because <laughs> I've tried them all, <laughs> okay, you know, you got to have a little area in your life where you can be a little slack, and then take a couple of vitamins, that's why I tell Becky when she wants to give me greens, like, I'll just take a vitamin, <laughs> I don't want to eat them, <laughs> anyways, Lord help, okay, here's where I want to bring the blessing, okay, Verse 12, it says, May our sons flourish in their youth like well-nurtured plants. Man, isn't that beautiful? May our daughters be like graceful pillars carved to beautify a palace. Wow. May our barns be filled with crops of every kind. May the flocks in our fields multiply by the thousand, even ten thousand. This is, this is the heart of God. Listen to this. It says, And may our oxen be loaded down with produce. That's what I believe God wants to do this. I'm going for this. May there be no enemy breaking through our walls. Come on, we got to declare that and to call out to God that He would push back on this stuff. No going into captivity. It is not time for the church to go into captivity. It's not time for Christians to cower in fear. No going into captivity. No cries of alarm in our town square. That's powerful. Because what I'm saying to you, we have heard all this. We've heard these cries of alarm. We've heard, you know, we've seen people go into captivity. I know people who've not literally have barely left their house for a year. And these are not older people with, you know, compromised immune systems. They're healthy young people, but they're ate up with fear. And God wants to break fear off in humanity. And God wants to give us a hope and love. 
I'm just saying, you know. Yes, verse 15, joyful are those who live like this. Joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. And so I just want us to, you to take these, get these scriptures and begin to declare them over your children, your daughters, your grandchildren, your sons, your spouse, you know, and just begin to speak. These are ways to speak, begin to speak the heart of God over your finances, over your health, you know, over the people, you know, at work that you work with. And I believe as we begin to do this, we're going to begin to see a shift you know, and I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. I know this is a big week in our, our nation. I, I don't really know, but I will tell you this. I am asking God into our nation. I'm asking God into our, our country, and I'm not going to live in despair, okay? And I'm not going to allow all this to overcome me. And I wanted you to get this same thing in you, this thing, because this is, this is what the Holy Spirit has for you. He's calling for that nature of the ox to come forth, humility and power and to be, you know, to allow God to deal with the sin in your life. You know, these are things that God really wants to do. So let me just pray and I'm going to, I'm going to close. I pray this would, that this year, 2021 would be just so amazing and so redemptive for you and, and what the enemy has meant for evil. You would truly see God using it for the good in your life. Friends, I, I want to just remind you to continue to surrender to the Lord. Just continue holding everything you have with an open hand. But speak those blessings over those things. Speak, speak the word of the Lord over them. Psalm 144, go to it, read it, study it, think about it. Yes, amen, amen. Mm. Father, thank you today. Lord, we just say, word of the Lord, come to me. Say that right where you are. Word of the Lord, come to me this year. Lord, put your word in my mouth this year. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Train me, Lord. I want to I wanna be developed. I want to come forth. I want to put away childish things this year, Lord. I want to be- grow up and become a mature son. The earth, the earth, the earth is, is groaning for us to come forth. It's time for the sons of God to begin to manifest in this earth as mature sons, as humble sons reflecting the beautiful Son of God, Jesus. And Lord, we ask you to do that in us, Lord. And Lord, I just bless everybody who hears this. I, I just pray a blessing on them today. This, that The power of God would come on them today. The anointing of the Holy Spirit would come on them today. Lord, Lord, we're asking you for it. We're believing you for it. Lord, we're not backing off. Lord, heal. God, for those who need a miracle, give them a miracle today. Give a financial breakthrough for people who are, who are suffering financially. Lord, for people who've had broken relationships, Lord, to heal those relationships. Oh, Lord, do what you do, Lord. You know what I said? Uh, I was told Becky, I said, Becky... If, if we, can, we can do what we're supposed to do, but if God doesn't do what he, only He can do, then it's, it's, it's useless for us to do it. But then within an hour, the Lord began to show me things He had done in 2020 that only He could have done. And it's like, Byron, open your eyes, son. I am doing stuff. I'm doing stuff. You keep doing what you're supposed to do, and I promise you, I will do what I only I can do. God will back up His Word in your mouth. He will back up His character in your heart. He will back it up. You can be assured of that. So God bless you, and, and please come next week if you, if you feel good about coming, if you feel peace about coming. If you don't, there's no issue. You know, you know, just do what you believe in your heart is right. 
before the Lord, and you'll be fine. He really will. And God bless you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.